This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the Red's Hot Stove League. The Red's Hot Stove League is brought to you by Holy Grail Banks and Santo Gras. Proud sponsors of the Red's Hot Stove League. Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. JTM. Let's create great dishes together. MSA Architects. And by Document Destruction, the official document shredding vendor of the Reds. The Red's Hot Stove League is also brought to you by... on the Reds Radio Network. The Reds on the radio. And hi, and a pleasant Tuesday evening to you, and welcome once again to the Reds Hot Stove League. As you can hear in the background, we have a very good gathering here on this Tuesday night at the Holy Grail at the Banks. We are, what, now the 13th of December, so we are less than two weeks away from Christmas, and I would suspect that people are out and about doing a lot of Christmas shopping, and maybe some of them decided tonight, you know what? We're out anyway. Let's swing on by the Holy Grail, watch uh, a little uh, Reds Hot Stove League, listen to what's being talked about with Reds baseball, and then go on home and enjoy the rest of the uh, evening. I know that's what I did, and so I figured that that's what some of you folks did down here as well. We also welcome those who are listening on the vast Reds radio network around the state of Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, et cetera, Indiana, and uh, hope you're having a pleasant holiday season as we close in on uh, the big day, 1225, now just 12 days away. I'm Jim Kelch. With me on this seat to my left uh, in the not-too-distant future will be Mr. Perfect, Tom Browning. Tom is, uh, as always, he and Doug Flynn do a great job of filling in when we need them to fill in. A couple of weeks ago, Doug Flynn skated in from Lexington and did a fantastic job, and Tom Browning will be doing that today. But uh, Tom is having some uh, issues in terms of getting here with the traffic, the weather. You know how the weather is. Tonight's a good hot stove league kind of night because of the way the weather is. But we have been in uh, communication with Tom. He is on the way here. And in the not-too-distant future, Mr. Perfect will be to my left. And we'll be talking uh, Reds baseball, what he's up to, and maybe get some of his thoughts on what's going on within the Reds organization. We do want to remind you from uh, a listener standpoint, particularly if you're listening in the Cincinnati area at the bottom of the hour due to uh, University of Cincinnati basketball, we'll be switching to 1530 a.m. Right now you're listening on the Reds flagship. And after the second break, the bottom of the hour break, we'll be switching to 1530. University of Cincinnati has a uh, men's basketball game tonight, which you will hear on uh, this station here locally Uh, beginning at 6.30. All right, what's going on in terms of Reds baseball? 
Things have actually been a little bit quiet since, uh, really since Reds Fest. That was, uh, what, almost two weeks ago now. And uh, the winter meetings came right on the heels of that. No big moves by the Reds. You did hear some talk down there about different things that were going on. There were some teams that approached uh, Dick Williams and the Reds folks about the potential of uh, acquiring, say, a Billy Hamilton or an Anthony D. Sclafani or Dan Straley. And people get all up in arms about that, but we should let you know. And I think hopefully when you read these things or heard these things, you really took a moment to take a real good look at it and, and decided what was going on with it. And what was going on with it was that these teams approached the Reds. It's certainly one thing for the Reds to be calling teams, inquiring about someone being interested in a Billy Hamilton or an Anthony DeSclafani or Dan Straley. It's certainly another to have teams calling them. And as Dick Williams has said many times, he said, there's no harm in listening. And if we get overwhelmed by a deal, we certainly would take a good hard look at it. But truth be told, with uh, DeSclafani and Straley being two of four tremendous starters that the Reds have uh, coming back, the other two being Brandon Finnegan and then Homer Bailey coming back from surgery. That's a pretty good foursome going forward. So let's hope that uh, those four are together when spring training starts in February. And then the Reds can go about the business of finding out who that fifth starter will be. Speaking of spring training, today being the 13th of December, we are now officially two months to the day, two months away from pitchers and catchers reporting on February the 13th out at the Goodyear Complex in Goodyear, Arizona. And then three days later, uh, the rest of the team will uh, report. Physicals will take place, and then they'll be onto the field and start the workouts. And then and that just really starts the countdown to the beginning of spring training games, which, because of the World Baseball Classic, begin earlier this year out in Goodyear. Uh, the Reds' first spring training game is February the 24th. And they end up out in Arizona on uh, March the 29th. We talked about the two games they will play at their affiliated ball clubs. One, a Futures game against uh, the, the, uh, the Reds and, and their Future Stars will play in Louisville on Friday night, March the 31st. And then they'll transfer up to uh, Dayton, Ohio, where they will play an afternoon game on Saturday, April the 1st. Again, a Futures game. The Louisville game is a night game. The Dayton game is an afternoon game. Then the Reds will work out on the second. And, of course, everything begins then on April the 3rd. And for the second year in a row, they'll do it against the Philadelphia Phillies. If you have a question, our number tonight, we have one number. That's 513-749-1360. 513-749-1360. That's the number if you're calling in. If you're here at the Grail and you have a question Come on up, and our, our main man, Dave Yiddy Armbruster, our producer, has a microphone, and he can put that uh, in your hands, and you can ask a question. We have our obligatory first question of the night, so, sir, you are on the hot seat. Well, thank you, Jim. It's always good to see you. You're in uh, midseason form already. Uh, the question uh, is the was brought up uh, several times that about retiring numbers and all the great history for the Reds. And I'm going to pitch, pitch two numbers that should be retired as a, as a little side thing. And uh, first and foremost, that, that gentleman, Ernie Lombardi over there, the, the, the gentleman, the, the catcher, extraordinary, all those years for the Reds, I feel his number could be seriously considered given that they won a world championship and MVP and all the sundries that he had acquired. 
And then let's talk about Ken Griffey Jr. I figure at some point in time, Seattle's going to retire his number if they haven't done it already. Three or four or five years, whatever the, the organization feels comfortable in doing, much like we did with Frank Robinson. There was a period of time where they waited uh, after the, his number had been retired from, the, I guess, three or four organizations. So, I mean, there's some precedent to that. I like that. Both guys. I mean, I, I got to see one. The other one, unfortunately, people like to accuse me of being that old, but that's not the case. I never saw, um, uh, you know, him play. But just reading all the history of the Reds, he seems like a logical one. What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, let me ask you this first, and I'm not a numbers person in that regard. So tell me the numbers that you're talking about. What numbers are you talking about? Well, I'm, ta- I'm talking oh numbers in terms of their their fi- their physical number. Right. I, well, I mean, I, I guess in the case of Ken uh, 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 Griffey uh, Jr., he, we have to decide because he had a couple of different right. numbers. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, that might have been the era before they had. Numbers. Ernie Lombardi? Yeah. Or did they have numbers? I, I do then? not know. That's I'm why I'm asking that's a you question. because you are yeah, the uh, question, resident but, expert. But I'm not, I don't claim I to be I said an the expert. resident expert. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. But I thought he, that he had a number. I thought they had assigned him a number later in his career when they started doing numbers. And whatever that number is, I want to say it was like three, but I may be wrong. Somebody will call in and, and correct me. Well, that's but a I, question but, but really. But I think most of his career he did not have one because of the era, that, that era. Well, I don't know. My, my opinion on that is uh, I don't really have an opinion on it uh, because that is something that uh, would be out of my realm. That would be more something for Rick Walls and the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum to discuss. I'm assuming that's how they do it. We, do, we, we know that we retired Pete Rose's number last year. I see that the Yankees are retiring Jeter's number this summer, and so there's a, a long list of numbers there that they have retired. You know, you retire those numbers, and uh, you just have less and less good numbers to deal with for the current team. Uh, there's no doubt that uh, Ken Griffey Jr., whether whatever number is picked, uh, and he's uh, in the Hall of Fame, will be there. Ernie Lombardi wore number number four. Number we just conferred four. Four. I knew okay. it was three or four. I couldn't remember. It wouldn't bother me at all if those numbers were retired. And uh, if, if, the, if the majority of people believe that those numbers should be retired, I have zero negative feeling toward that. Well, you know, if you think back on those guys just for a second, then I'll turn it over to the next person. Uh, the fact is that it really isn't anybody else. When you think about that era of the big, that, that uh, 1919 team, I know that they had some issues with uh, the scandal, and I don't want to get into all that silliness. But that was a great team. And he was their leader, and he had been on that team for many years, and he had just been just a, a classy, classy guy and a leader and what the city loved. Clearly, probably was our first superstar. I'll be, you know, bold to call it that. And then to have someone like Ken Griffey Jr., I think those are logical ones. I can't think of anybody else that would, would even remotely uh, were, uh, come to that kind of consideration. All I'll right. turn it over to the next person. Thank, Thank you. you for your question and uh, gives us something to think about as we move forward, not only tonight, but into the future. This is the Red Sox Stove League. We're at the Holy Grail at the Banks on this Tuesday night, the 13th. Yes, he will be here shortly. Mr. Perfect, Tom Browning, will be right in this seat next to me. He is in transit now, so we'll take our first break, come back with more right after this. The Red Sox Stove League from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser. And we're back at the Holy Grail at the Banks for the Red Sox Stove League on this Tuesday night. 
A reminder that the Reds Holiday Gift Pack is on sale, starting at only $40. The gift pack includes four ticket credits good towards any combination of games next season. Plus, you get a new limited edition Reds Nutcracker. Purchase your Reds Holiday Gift Pack today at the Reds Kiosk, located in the the Kenwood Town Center and in the Florence Mall. Or you can do so at reds.com slash holiday. Some restrictions do apply. A reminder that if you're listening locally here in Cincinnati, at the bottom of the hour after our second break, which is coming up in about uh, seven minutes or so, we will switch to uh, 1530 to hear the remainder of the program. If you're listening on our flagship station, we have UC basketball coming up at the bottom of the hour, pregame at 630, and they tip at uh, 7 o'clock. One of the things that is good about uh, Reds Fest, for me anyway, is the opportunity to meet some of the minor league players that you hear their name a lot, but you don't really know who they are. Uh, You hear about Jesse Winker. You hear about uh, some of these other guys, Amir Garrett. uh, But you don't really know who they are. And then if you go to Reds Fest, you get a chance to see them either at an autograph booth or a photo booth or walking amongst uh, everybody going to their next thing. And that's one of the things I like to do when I'm there is put a name with with a face some of these guys, a couple of the guys that I met uh, this year that I had not met in the past were some of the minor league award winners for this year. One of them, the Sheldon Chief Bender Award for uh, the Player of the Year in the Reds minor leagues was uh, Aristides Aquino, who uh, had a very good year. In fact, he was the, uh, the Player of the Year in the Florida State League, and I had a chance to meet with him. He's 22 years old. He had a good power year, 23 home runs down there at Daytona Beach, so he would figure to start at AA this year. Another one of the fellows I ran into twice was the hitter of the year, Shed Long. He's a left-handed hitter. He's 21 years old. He's an infielder. He's only five foot eight. When I initially saw him, he didn't have his jersey on. He was in what we call the green room, waiting to go down and do all of his appearances. And I saw this guy, and I thought, well, who is that? I wonder who he is. And later I saw him with his jersey on and realized it was Shed Long. He had a nice year at uh, Dayton, which is right up the road uh, uh, in the Midwest League, and at Daytona, hit a combined 293 with 15 home runs. He was the hitter of the year this past year. And then a guy that I had met in the past was uh, Amir Garrett, who won the award as the pitcher of the year for the second consecutive year. He won a combined 7-8 and eight with a 2.55 ERA between AA and AAA. He'll have a chance this year to... Uh, uh, to make the uh, big league club, I would think, out of spring training. Because remember, we talked about four starters going in. The Reds need a fifth starter. And certainly we've heard Brian Price and Dick Williams say that uh, amongst that group of guys that will get a chance to fill that fifth role will be some of the guys within the organization, namely Robert Stevenson, uh, Amir Garrett will have a chance, uh, uh, Cody Reed will have a chance there, and even Tim Adelman maybe, depending on what happens with some other guys. And also Dick Williams has talked a lot about the fact that he is still looking at potentially bringing in a veteran arm who could either work as a starter early in the year if necessary and maybe also go to the bullpen if that is a role that is needed also. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question, our number, 513-749-1360, 513-749-1360. If you have a question here in-house at the Holy Grail, we have a microphone just off to our right. Dave Yudy Armbruster is controlling that. 
Tom Browning will be here. I would imagine he is as close uh, as he can possibly be without being here yet. We talked to him right at the top of the hour, which is about 25 minutes or so from uh, ago, and he said he is valiantly trying to get here, so we do expect Tom to be here uh, very shortly. Again, the number, 513-749-1360. You know, uh, we're talking about Reds Fest, and uh, right before Reds Fest began, there was kind of a question about will Reds Fest take place because the uh, collective bargaining agreement between the Players Union and the uh, and Major League Baseball had not been settled. The new collective bargaining agreement, or they call the CBA, and uh, there was talk about possibly it not going on because uh, we had read that if a new CBA uh, was not reached, that the winter meetings portion, uh, the, the Major League portion of the winter meetings would not go. The teams were told not to go to the winter meetings. All that turned out to be a moot point because they did reach an agreement but I thought there were some interesting things that came out of the uh, the winter meetings, and uh, one of those was the uh, the smokeless tobacco ban. Uh, some years ago, probably I think in the 90s, I think I wrote that down. Yeah, 1993, a smokeless tobacco was banned in minor league baseball, and in the big leagues, it's been banned for a number of years in terms of uh, carrying it with you when you're on the field. You notice a lot of times you can see the round can in the back of a guy's pants or doing an interview with, with the smokeless tobacco in. That has been banned for a number of years now. And now the new rule for next year in Major League Baseball is similar to the old rule um, uh, for you guys who have been around a little bit. Remember, the batting helmets used to be uh, the helmet without the ear flaps. And when they changed that rule and said new players coming in had to wear at least one ear flap, the old rule was grandfathered in. I think Pete Rose of the Reds was one of the final ones from the Reds that didn't wear an ear flap at all. You see catchers wear that hat now. You see the base coaches wearing them. But the players that were in the big leagues were grandfathered in, and they could continue to wear that hat until they were finished. The same thing goes with smokeless tobacco. As of 2017, any player that comes into Major League Baseball who has never appeared in a Major League uniform and or a game before cannot use smokeless tobacco in the big leagues, players that are here that have appeared in at least a game or been in uniform can continue to use the smokeless tobacco. One of the things, and this was interesting, this is something I read uh, yesterday, I think it was, and that was the Major League Baseball came out. One of the, one of the great, in my mind, uh, rituals of the, uh, the end of the baseball season in September is when players are called up and that is minor league players would get called up to the big leagues. And at some point in time in September, they would have the, uh, the dress-up uh, dress situation where they would be dropped off downtown somewhere and they'd be dressed up in, in women's clothing or whatever it might be. And uh, we're going to talk more about that later on in the second half because when I read this, I thought, wow, that is really getting a little... In my mind, maybe a little bit nitpicky. We'll see what Tom Browning thinks about it in the second half because he will certainly be here by then. This is the Reds Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Banks. A reminder that if you're listening locally, bottom of the hour, we'll switch over to 1530 and we'll continue the show. More right after this, presented by Budweiser.
second half hour of tonight's Red's Hot Stove League from the Holy Grail at the Banks. Good gathering down here on a Tuesday. We are less than two weeks away from Christmas. We'll do it again next Tuesday and the show after that. Then it'll be two days after the Christmas holiday. This reminder, the Reds Hall of Fame and Museum's Pete Rose Hit Collection fundraising campaign features 4,256 baseballs, each signed by Pete and stamped with the official Pete Rose Hit Collection logo and baseball's unique hit number. Purchase a Hit Collection baseball and become the owner of that hit and help support the Pete Rose Sculpture Project. Purchase today at RedsMuseum.org. Now, most of the time when I say something, I live up to it. And tonight is no exception to that. I said that Mr. Perfect, Tom Browning, would be here. And indeed, Mr. Perfect, Tom Browning, is in the house. Hello, Tom. Hello. It's good to be back. It's good to be here. I was on the bridge when you said I would be here very shortly. So I was hoping that you wouldn't drive like a crazed madman and try to get here. I obeyed all the rules, all the laws. I turned right on red when I shouldn't have on one. But other than that, I obeyed all the laws. Well, we hopefully uh, we'll get some questions for you. I have some other things that we want to talk about. I'll give out the number, 513-749-1360. Or if you're in the house and you have a question, we have a microphone here. I was talking, uh, Tom, about uh, the Pete Rose Hit Collection, your former manager. Uh, have you have you heard about this? And have yeah, you seen well, my that? question is, can somebody get hit number 4256 or 4191, or do they get them according to? No, you can pick the person who's doing the purchasing gets to pick the hit that they want. Now, only 4,256 people can buy these, and some of them obviously have already been purchased. So you may say, I want 4256, and they'll say, no, 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 that hit is already gone. You say, I want hit number one. No, 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 that that one's gone. You know what I'm saying? Did you give up a hit to Pete at all? Nope. Nope. I don't even think I faced him in spring training. Really? Yeah, because at the end there, he just hit uh, left-handed. So Mm -hmm. every time I threw live VP, I always got the right-hander. Yeah. So, so, that, so that, that's kind of interesting. Now, yeah. you were driving in. You heard me talking about uh, Major League Baseball's new anti-hazing and bullying policy, which came out yesterday saying that teams are now prohibited from having their players wear costumes that may be offensive to individual based on race, sex, nationality, age, et cetera, et cetera. That's a, a, a long-standing uh, event that has taken place in baseball that I personally found extremely Funny, entertaining, very entertaining. Yeah, but you said creative. When you were a rookie, you didn't do it. No, no. Well, of course, I had Pete and Tony and John, uh, not Johnny, but uh, Davey Concepcion and, you know, and older guys. And I guess they didn't do that back then. So uh, I was very fortunate. I did see it come into play. In fact, I, I did say that we did a part. We did. We went and bought a bunch of old uh, sports coats uh, down at a thrift store in Atlanta, you know, and traded them out for their, their jackets, made them the young guys wear it. But uh, never got to that point. But uh, I just thought about John, uh, Joe Madden's team because I think they have uh, dress-up days on planes and stuff, I guess. Well, they have uh, dress-however-you-feel-comfortable days. Yeah. Um, in fact, I think every day like that is, is Yeah, but I remember like them wearing the some outfits or costumes. It's, or very, it's very possible. It's very possible. Now, I understand the no-hazing, no-bullying policy. In fact, yeah. I'm 100% in favor of that. But yeah. this seems so harmless that these guys dress up two or three blocks from a visiting hotel and they get dropped off via the bus and then they have to walk uh, to the hotel or whatever they may end up doing. It takes a total of 15 minutes. And, and, and uh, you know, they do usually get those things. And when the team is flying, wherever they may be going, they have to ride on the airplane with it. I think it's extremely funny. And maybe it'll yeah. end up, maybe, 
maybe it'll end up being a situation where they only do it uh, on the airplane because there's no obviously these are charter flights, yeah. so there's no public on the. Oh yeah, uh, but you might offend those stewardesses. Well, I guess it's possible. I personally I think it's that's a little it, big to do about yeah. nothing. I think. So. I think you're exactly exactly right. All right, let's see. We talked about Reds Fest. Uh, we talked the young about guys. Reds Fest. Yeah, uh, yeah. Amir Garrett won it for, for the second year in a row. I, I forgot he won last yeah. year too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we talked about uh, the winter baseball meetings and the fact that there wasn't much activity in terms of of the Reds. I did notice uh, yesterday. I think it was that a couple of former Reds signed contracts. One, a guy that you may have had some years ago, Logan Andrusik. Yeah. Um, he signed back with the Reds? No, he signed with Baltimore. He had been pitching over oh, okay. in Japan and putting up some pretty good oh, numbers over there out of the bullpen. He had signed a, a deal with Baltimore midway or so through the season last year. And uh, did, while he didn't pitch overly well for Baltimore, they did re-sign him to a major league deal for the upcoming season. And uh, a guy that I really liked the last two years for the Reds, Ivan DeJesus Jr., yeah. they let him go, and he has signed a minor league deal with, uh, with Milwaukee. Okay. Well, so those guys usually find a way of landing on their feet. Yeah, you know, that's I'm, for I'm happy for Logan. Uh, he signed a big league deal. That's even better. I bet he stuck out like a sore thumb in Japan. Oh, my God. Can you he's, imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> he, he, it took two to get taller than him. Big uh, six foot seven Logan Andrusi. Yeah, he was a monster. He was. That's for sure. Uh, you know, those are two areas that the Reds have talked about really wanting to improve. The bullpen and the bench. Uh, two of the main areas that uh, that Brian Price has talked about, that Dick Williams has talked about, we need to get better in those areas if we're going to be better in 2017. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know what? I, I we got such a good core. I, mean, uh, uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, "Man, our, our minor league system is is we've got some kids, uh, and they're just going to start coming in bunches here shortly. So uh, we we certainly got the, uh, the the amount of arms down there, and just see where they fit and." You know, Teddy's up there and had 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 some of those guys down there at AAA. So, uh, you know, it should be it should be pretty interesting because there's some young guys that are going to you know open some eyes and uh, have give make some tough decisions for those uh, that major league staff to to make. That is an excellent excellent segue because when we come back after the break, we will take a look at some of those minor league pitchers yeah. that may uh, be a part of this Reds team in 2017. Certainly going into spring training. We are live at the Holy Grail Banks. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser. Tom Browning is with me. We'll come back with more right after this. Holy Grail at the Banks is where we are this Tuesday night for the Reds Hot Stove League. I'm Jim Couch along with Mr. Perfect, Tom Browning. A reminder that the wash books from Mike's Car Wash do make a great holiday gift. Get yours today at any Mike's location or at mikescarwash.com. We have about 15 minutes or so left in this uh, Tuesday night program. Tom Browning, we went into the break talking about some of the young Reds pitchers that are up and coming, and I brought one up that I didn't have on my list. You brought one up that... uh, not only did I not have on my list, but I'd never heard of. Right. And let's talk about those first. When I did a thing uh, in an interview room over at the Reds Fest uh, a couple of weeks ago with Mario Soto, he said there's a dark horse that people don't know about. His name is Jackson Stevens. Tell us about Jackson Stevens. Uh, hillbilly boy from uh, Alabama. Uh, throws strikes. Throws a nice sinker, breaking ball combination. Uh, works quick. You know, but he just kind of—he's always been stuck in with the, you know, uh, the 
Travieso and Amir Garrett. He's been he came up with all those guys, and he's kind of kept pace with them. But he uh, had a really good year last year, and uh, a, a kid that, like I said, he just goes out there and gets people out. So uh, yeah, he he's going to sneak in the back door, kind of like Steve Selsky, in my opinion. Where did you coach uh, him? I had Jackson in. Uh, I know I was in Arizona somewhere. We, we probably had him in uh, in the fall league or instructional league. Uh, yeah, I had him in instructional league a couple times. Him and Nick Travieso. You know, I had Amir Garrett and Billings, uh, and Robert Stevenson in rookie ball, and then uh, Daytona. Uh, so I've seen a lot of these guys. You know, Robert came in. You know. As advertised, he didn't get a throw right away. It took him about a month, and because uh, he had to pass all the physical stuff after he dra- got drafted, and uh, but you could see the kind of stuff he had. So, do you see Jackson Stevens? And admittedly, things can change. But uh, when you look at him, do you look at him as a starter or a reliever? I like him as a starter. I mean, I, I look at them all as starters, and then when they get to the big leagues, if there's a need. Uh, for a long relief guy, they figured out the best one, and uh, you know. But there's a there's a core of guys, uh, you know. And I remember when we first get when I first got drafted, we had a guy named Jimmy Hoff, our player development guy. He Did said, you say Jimmy Hoffa? Jimmy Hoff. Oh, without the A. Woo. Uh, I nope. mean, a lifelong red. He's now working with the with the Tampa Bay. But he said your goal is to make it to the major leagues, not necessarily with the Cincinnati Reds. Mm-hmm. And that's what we teach our guys. You know, there's going to be a core guy. Some of these guys are going to end up playing the big leagues probably with another team. But because we have them, it, it improves our stock. You have a question for us. Tom Browning is alongside. The number 513-749-1360. There's another name that you brought up that I had not heard of, but you are really high on a young man named T.J. Antone. Yeah, yes. Him and Tyler Molly, I had them in uh, Dayton. Uh, I had a staff uh, when I was in Dayton two years ago that were just, you know, as solid as I've ever had. But mm-hmm. uh, TJ's about 6'5", uh, sinker baller from Oklahoma. His dad played football at Oklahoma. Uh, got a little Johnny Cueto delivery in him, uh, but throws sinker balls and gets a lot of ground balls. And, uh, yeah, I th- I mean, he had a really good year in Daytona. He'll probably uh, start the year in double-A. I think he pitched a game in triple-A, I think, at the end of the year. Uh, I'm not certain, but uh, held his own. I mean, uh, those guys that I was fortunate enough to be around in Dayton, uh, they certainly made my job a lot easier because they went out there and threw strikes, and uh, we just didn't have very good offense. But, I mean, they went out there and pitched their butts off. I want to ask you this because uh, that fifth spot in the Reds' rotation seemingly is the only spot right now that appears to be open. Did it surprise you the way Cody Reed and Robert Stevenson pitched when they came up last year, particularly – in Stevenson's case, in his second stint, because early on he made those two spot starts, he was pretty good. But at the end of the year and the way Reed pitched, did it surprise you that they pitched the way they pitched? Not necessarily. Uh, you know, I thought Robert uh, showed that he deserved to have a look up here, and he got it. And, uh, you know, there's still some things that he could probably get better at. Uh, is he better than what we got up here or in the top 13 of what we got up here. I don't know. That's not my decision. Uh, but I thought he's shown that he has major league stuff. Now, it doesn't mean you necessarily, you know, make, make yourself a major leaguer. You know, sometimes you got to make some adjustments, and that's not just physically, but sometimes mentally and maybe attitude-wise and whatever else. But uh, Robert is a big leaguer waiting to happen when he puts it all together. Uh, Cody, you know, just uh, you saw signs of it, you know, but he just got – you know, started, the ball started coming up, and that's, uh, you know, the one thing these guys can't do up here is you can't pitch up in the zone. And uh, and up, and I mean, I'm, I'm talking mid-thigh. 
you know, you got to learn to pitch at the knees and, and, and live down there and then come up for a fact or whatever. But, uh, you know, he, another big leader waiting to happen. Just when he puts it together, I think he's going to be here for a while. There's another guy that I want you to, to comment on, but we'll do it after the break. And this is a guy that uh, Jeff Brantley talked a lot about in the second half of the season. Chris Welch talked a lot about in the second half of the season that they feel he's a big guy that can work up here, possibly out of the Reds' bullpen, maybe even as early as next year, and that is Sal Romano. We want you to talk about Sal, but we'll do that after the break. Again, our number, 513-749-1360. We are live at the Holy Grail Banks for the Reds' Hot Stove League, presented by Budweiser. Back with more after this. You like that? I do. Tom Browning, I didn't know you could sing. I can't. You want to entertain people for the last five minutes? I do not. I do not. Okay. Just just wanted to know. Uh, This reminder, parents looking for the perfect gift for your son or daughter this Christmas, how about the official Reds baseball and softball camps presented by United Healthcare? This is a can't-miss opportunity for kids of all skill levels All campers will receive their own Reds uniform, instruction from a Reds coach, meet a Reds player, and much more. You can sign up today at Reds.com slash camps. Final segment of the Reds Hot Stove League on this Tuesday night. A couple of things I want to get to, Tom. One is I uh, promoted the fact that I want you to comment about a guy that Jeff Brantley, Chris Welsh talked about a lot in the second half of the season when they were looking forward to 2017, and that is the right-hander Sal Romano out of the Reds minor league system, who they thought uh, maybe starting but could make a pretty good reliever up here. Yeah, I think they could do whatever they want with Sal. Um, I call him Baby Huey because he's a big guy, got big feet. Um, he used to get hit with a, a ground ball or a line drive every game he pitched. Uh, but, you know, big kid, probably 6'5", 6'6", I don't know how big he is. He's just really big. But he throws on a downhill plane, and he throws a heavy ball that's, that's down in the zone. Uh you know, and Sal, like I said, could probably fit anywhere. He, you know, I just, I just like everything about him. I think he's a guy that can pitch every day, and I think he's a guy that can pitch every fifth day. So. Interesting. Uh, before we get to this other subject, I want to bring up someone else because uh, I was reading about him two days ago. Didn't realize that Amir Garrett, number one prospect in the Reds organization from a pitching standpoint, is 25 years old now. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, he got into baseball late because he was a Division One college basketball player for St. John's University. Yep. And uh, so he, this guy is 25. you think that the Reds may be pushing him along a little bit faster because of his age? No, I think he's earned it, to be okay. honest. I think right. he's earned it. Uh, you know, he's only, commi- he's, he's only been in, what, since he really committed just to baseball. Uh, probably three and a half years, uh-huh. I would guess. Uh, but you know, his year last year, the year before was, uh, you know, was a, a coming out party, and then this year he backed it up with an even better year at Double uh, A AA and Triple A. Uh, I think he can smell it. I think he uh, wants to be a big leaguer. Uh, but I think uh, they moved him along because I think he earned it. Yeah. Okay. You know, and he's left-handed too. And 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 I think. Uh, you're probably going to see us push guys a little bit more now, you know, young guys that are successful. You know, we're probably going to give guys opportunity to move up the ladder with uh, that, that's warranted. But uh, Amir certainly did enough, uh, and you know, surprised me to be honest. I, I I didn't realize he would bolt through the organization this this fast, uh, but I'm happy to see it. All right, final subject of the night. Recently at the winter baseball meetings, manager Brian Price talked about the fact that he would like to see pitchers throughout the Reds organization and in baseball in general 
throw more, not less. He'd like to see them throw twice between starts, for instance, for starters. And he feels like the injury situation, which has continued to uh, escalate in, in Major League Baseball, uh, hasn't been cut back because of the fact that these guys aren't throwing as much. Your thoughts? Well, I, I, I don't disagree there. I just think the intensity of the throwing needs to be monitored or at least explained. I think we spend way too much time throwing too hard all the time. I don't, even our bullpens in between starts should be uh, three-quarter speed and then maybe full speed at the end. And the rest of the time, we are just kind of keeping our arms sharp. Did you do that? How often did you throw between starts? Once. Once? Yes. Would you have thrown the second time if they asked you? If I needed it. If you thought you needed it. Yeah. All right. It was short, but it was Well, sweet. my bullpens were 50 and 60 pitches, too, now. Yeah. But they were none of them were out, out, out of max effort. It was just working on uh, command and, uh, and then working my way off. Tom, thank you for coming down. We appreciate it. Always good to visit with you. Good to see you, Jim. All right. Mr. Perfect, Tom Browning. This is the Red's Hot Stove League. We'll be back here again next Tuesday at 6 o'clock Eastern Time. Thanks for coming down. We'll talk to you again next week. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team.